We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It feels so good to be back recording this a day late this week, but that's because there's not too much going on in boxing and MMA. So we decided to take the extra day, take a good, ah, relaxing day to recharge, come back in, and now it's time to tackle a huge card in Bellator, though. Like, UFC is kind of having a chill week. Bellator has a card we've been looking forward to, man, almost for six months. So we'll tackle that later on in the show. We'll talk about Canelo and Caleb Plant kind of falling apart. We'll talk about the Rona creeping, like the mass gif that Andreas always posts on Twitter, looming over all sporting events and causing a crazy amount of cancellations. But first, Dre... Did you see this lovers and friends lineup that is coming to Vegas? Yeah, I did, but no, not, that's not, not on that, wood. Not that's wood. not that's not what I'm talking about first. You want to know what I'm talking about first? Goddamn trade deadline, White Sox, baby, Craig, Kimbrell, motherfucker. <laughs> we yes, yes. All right, your White Sox are positioned nicely. Everybody else in the division traded everyone. I can't talk baseball today. I, I gotta see what my Yankees are doing. I gotta clear my head. We're you like nine, the, we're nine yeah. spots back. Y'all saw what y'all did. Y'all got Joey Gallo. You got Rizzo. We're trying to out-hit everyone. Yeah, they ain't going to be enough. It's it's not looking great. So it's, we'll see. Garrett Cole needs to be Garrett Cole again, and then I'll worry about everything else. Oh, you want sticky substances. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound great. But hey. sure, sure. That's on my wish list for the summer. Take yeah. that how y'all, how y'all want. If y'all got to pause me, pause me. We ate the same without the sticky stuff. So uh, the Yankees, yeah, that hurts my heart. So, no, this is why I want to bring up lovers and friends first, because I need some positive energy. I need I'm I'm feeling optimistic, right, about baseball, about everything, feeling optimistic. I want to continue being optimistic. I believe they tried to bring this festival up two years ago. Yeah. A year and a half ago, this lineup came out. We all thought it was fake. Boom, the Rona hits. Everything closes down. Wasn't no festivals. Now they're trying to bring it up again. We see in the second wave, this Delta variant shit. I feel like this is a bad omen. If it gets canceled again, 
Fuck it. Throw it out. Throw it out the window. Don't even rebook it for a third time. This um, automatically becomes the Habib Tony Ferguson of the festival world. <laughs> throw this whole shit away if it gets canceled again. But for right now, I'm optimistic looking at the lineup. If you guys haven't seen it, you've been living under a rock. Because I've seen people that live all over the U.S. talking about this. day. I see people in Canada talking about this damn concert. So everyone's saying, oh, I'm going to Vegas for this. The demand is going to be crazy. Ticket sales start like this week, I believe, coming up for a festival that's next May. Like they think this shit is EDC. But they might be on to something. Because the headliners, first off, I'm just running people through this if you guys haven't seen the flyer. Lauren Hill is in prime position as a headliner. To what, be late? <laughs> if this shit is May 2022, she'll be there January 2023. Yeah. No way we get Lauren Hill. So let's just, let's see, if you get Lauren Hill, you're staying up till 5 a.m. in a Vegas summer. It's still 98 degrees outside. You out there waiting for Lauren Hill. So let's omit her. But we have Usher, Ludacris, Lil John, TLC, Sierra, Nelly, Ashanti, Ja Rule, Neo, Trey Songs, Brandy, and Monica getting top billing on this flyer. I mean, all right. I'm not mad at that. TLC, I don't I don't gotta watch TLC per I mean, se. You know, it's TC, but you know, no, Lil Mama might be the L in TLC. Then I'm not coming. It's like a whole thing. Bathroom where she'll break. Just do left eyes parts. No, I don't want to see any parts of Lil Mama. Do it. <laughs> I, I can see how it fits, but it's blasphemous. Hey, look, Nelly's, they have Nelly at the top of this thing, which is utterly ridiculous in my opinion, because here's why. If you look further down that list, obviously you see Timberland, you see T Pain. T Pain should be up there. Oh, you yeah. also see the dream. Fat Joe, which is very strange. I have no idea why Fat Joe's on here. I, I mean, the Shanti's on here. Well, Fat yeah, Joe that, still got hits. Fat Joe ain't singing shit. Fat Joe just had the, the joint with Rihanna and the kid on the piano. Look, somebody ain't showing up. But you know who should be up there? You know what I'm going to say. Joe see. Because if they show up, that's a miracle in itself. Oh, I mean, what the hell else is JoJo doing? It ain't JoJo. It's Devontae. Y'all oh, Devontae. Yeah. yeah, is he going to show up? <laughs> yeah, that's all I, I don't know. know. I mean, you've been trying to hunt down Devontae. That's your opportunity. If he shows up, then you got to interview. Dog, Donnell Jones is on? Look, I'm just reading. I'm just jumping ahead of you because I don't care anymore. Uh, tweet, A-Marie, Khalees, Juvenile. The fuck? Yo, Juvenile should be higher on this poster, by the way. Juvie got hits. Twister? All right. Genuine. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. If Fabulous does like the R&B tape, cool. Um... 112, even though it's half of them, so it's really 56. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, next, I don't even know if they can build out a whole set. I, I don't care. Like, so looking at this, like this. John B, though, on the sneaky. This is a huge R&B, like, you know, if it's a. Uh, it should be like the, the sexually transmitted diseases festival, because this is going to be a lot going down with 30 plus people in the crowd. Um, not like the baby's version of a festival. Oh, like, no. Like, no, a, no, like just talk, gr- grown folks not being protected type of festival. Look, man, <laughs> we you didn't even put the baby. I didn't put it on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now that it just jogged my memory when you said that. <sighs> Jesus. But this lineup, as great as it is, 
Is it better than the night and day lineup? It's also called day in Vegas. Day and day and night, day in Vegas. <laughs> God damn it, are they going to show up? Who's paying for this? That's what you should be called for. Who's paying for this? Who's paying for this? Um, no, it's not better than day in Vegas. Day in Vegas has like current acts, like people that command high price tickets, people with multiple hits recently, um, people who are used to performing festival sets. You get some of, you know, the current biggest stars in hip hop. You get that next wave coming up underneath them where you can see star potential. And then you get some people who are just breaking in. that have a lot of buzz. Corey LeRae. <laughs> um, she's, on the, she's on the list? I believe oh, so. Oh, yeah, you're right. You did say you're trying yeah, to force me to go. I'm trying to drag you at 3 p.m. Because you know our set's going to be at 3 p.m. So I'm trying to drag you out at like 3 p.m. to watch that. Um, that's one of those where we record the pod, and I just got dragged you straight after the podcast. But, I'm done. Yeah, I, I can't you. even let you get in the whip. Like, nah, yo, we're just, I'm going to call I, an Uber and just throw you in the Uber. I've already told you the only way you're getting me to that festival early is if I lose a bet. I might bet on an underdog like the week before, like on some wild shit. It's November. We'll have tons of pay-per-views. So I might like have to, no, you won't take that bet. I was about no, to say, I won't. bet on like Porter to beat Bud and give you Bud and me take Sean. And if, if I lose, I mean, if I win, you got to watch Koi Lord. Yeah, I'm not taking that bet. What's That's not you? bad. It's a clear underdog. But no, you I, like Sean too much. Yes, I like Sean. So, and I'll, I'll figure out some wild shit. There's some yeah, wild fights. I'll probably lose that one, though. But no, this isn't as good as that. Again, the nostalgia is there. But there's something that we've seen from Versus is that shit gets real thin after a while. And a lot of these people are no longer how we remembered them. I don't and think... that's the difference. Like, yin-yang twins? This ain't 2004. It ain't the yin-yang twins. We, you know, to the window, to the wall. Like, 17 years takes its toll on people. Yeah, but it still knocks for a lot of people. That's, I mean, that's the, the whole point, right? Like, the thing about versus Donnell is... Jones ain't gonna sing like Donnell Jones, my brother. Mm, I don't mm. know. Have you seen Donnell Jones lately? Donnell can still sing. Stop tripping. Donnell, and Donnell's you like... You seen him in concert? I feel like, in you, like video. I yeah, I feel like you've to been to a Donnell Jones show. I've never been to a Donnell Jones concert. And Donnell oh. Jones has like great music. But the whole point of this is nostalgia, right? I don't think anybody's coming to. I mean, look, let's just keep, keep it a buck. A lot of the people that are going to be at the day in Vegas shit, they can't perform either. Like they're not great performers. So it's, it's just a matter of like this is nostalgia on steroids right and it's not versus where i'm gonna be subjected to 20 songs by each of these people they're gonna have okay sets they're not gonna have like really long sets yeah. i can't imagine i can't imagine a super long key sweat set i just if can't. it's three days though if they do friday saturday sunday a lot of these people would be forced into 45 minutes well this just says saturday from this flyer that i'm looking at yo everyone's on one day oh that's what i'm saying does say one day that's what I'm saying. This is like, oh this god! Is, I hope there's no fight that day. Uh, well, we can. I'll figure it out. Yeah, it will be fine. Look, but I, I'll yeah, be there. Oh, that's 15 minute sets. Yeah, we good money. I'll be there. So, I'm looking forward to it. Everybody's not going to be great. It's going to be some really bad performances by people who think they still got it. But I'll be there. I don't yeah, M A dollar sign E is on the ticket. That's nice. Yeah, SWV, Sean Paul. 
You got some good people on here. So I'm saying, like, everybody going to be dancing. Nobody's going to be looking at the stage. Everybody's going to be partying. Yeah, because some people got the dad bods, the gut. Some stuff just ain't ain't the same. But the music will carry us through. It's going to be a, a bunch of drunk uncles and aunties and and theos and theos if, in the case of when Baby Bash and Frankie J go on the stage. They're on this? Yeah. Oh Baby God. Bash and Frankie J. And Nina Sky. I haven't. I don't know what the hell happened in Nina Sky. Shit, one song. Um, <laughs> a Marie. A Marie got one song. We're talking about one song. A Marie got one song. Is she on here? Uh, she got a pretty good album, man. Like she, she has a pretty good album. Like Mike Jones. What? Mike Jones got hits. I don't want to disrespect Mike Jones. Mike Jones got three or four. <laughs> where like, listen, I'm gonna be fucking front and center for Mike Jones. Still rapping his phone number, so I can't front on Mike Jones. But there's some people with one hit on this one. I don't know more than one Sean Kingston song, but I know every Pretty Ricky song, and they are on here. Oh, boy. Yeah, sure. Pretty Damn Ricky. right. Me and Corey right. Erdman, shout out to the rap back, will be front row for that one, too. Pretty Ricky. I'll be, front, I'll be front row for nothing <laughs> at all. No, nah, media goes front row. You lie. No, they don't. They do. The photo joint is always front row. I don't see in the photo. Sir. I ain't taking pictures of nothing. No, I don't take pictures of shit either, but it's like the best seat in the house and you don't got a brave crowd. Yeah, but see, again, you still, you like festivals. You like all this shit. Me, yeah. I ain't got to be that close to see you because, you know, like... like Just be looming in the back or side stage. Yeah, that's that's me because it's just like, you know, think of it like an Instagram picture. When you get up close, the filter's gone. And now I'm looking at you in all your sweaty glory and it don't look as good anymore. That performance kind of looks kind of suspect. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, I don't want to see Lil Kim up close. Mm, no. Not no. interested. In, I'm not interested in seeing Trick Daddy up close. I don't care about seeing Ja Rule up close. Period. I don't know. Yeah. But Ashanti will be next to him. That's always good. This is a lot of eye candy. Cassie, Maya, and Ashanti all on this card. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sierra doesn't do it for me, but Sierra is. Amazingly beautiful as well. Hey, I met Sierra. Look, Sierra didn't do it for me either until I was at BET. And Sierra, what album was that with that ride joint with Ludacris? What's well, I can't remember. The oh, name I forgot the album, but yeah, that shit the earth like a comet. I thought she was done, and then that video came out, and everyone was like, Oh, so she came to uh my office to play the album. She had a listening session at BET, and she came to the office, and they were like, my watch is talking shit to me. Sorry, guys. Um, so she came and she was like, I want to play the album. And then, you know, when you do back in the day, I don't even know what they do like this anymore. When you do a listening session at an office, everybody comes in the office. You sit down and some of the artists perform their album. Some of the artists play the music. Sierra, Sierra just kind of played her music. So Sierra's playing the album. And it was my first time, like, looking at her up close. And my one, I can't remember who it was. Somebody's like, why don't you just sit next to Andreas? And she sat next to me and I looked and I was like, oh, man, she's bad. She, like pictures don't do her any justice. She looks great. See Sierra. several people like that who are like, you know, definitely beautiful, you know, but you see them in person. You'd be like, yo, like, that's crazy. Like they glow. Like, Sierra was that person. Because Before that, I was like, oh, you know, she's a cute girl, whatever. But then she like sat next to me and we were talking. and I was just like, wow, she's not bad. You know who really is like that? Rihanna. I heard about that. I mean, the crazy, you go into the party, the you and Rihanna at the party story is the wildest shit ever. That's crazy. Um, I still can't believe I like I was like, wow, I was 
right in front of me. Yeah, the, I I can picture Rihanna being like where he just glows. Um, I've seen J Lo like twice in my life. I don't know about J Lo now, even though she looks just as incredible. But I remember when I saw her like early two thousand, she glows like she radiates, which is bananas. Um, I saw Maya in person. Maya's just. I saw thick Maya too, not even oh. super skinny Maya. Yeah, yeah, Maya's. Maya's yeah. I saw Maya with the with the yams out. I was like, oh my god, Maya. She ain't changed in 20, 22 years. So I'm sure she still has that glow. And I just saw um, I was with my best friend at a day club, and I saw Ella May. And Ella May is like just really pretty, but she has like that glow about her, which is like weird. Like she don't need no makeup. She just go out and just be like radiant. So it it's wild. Some people do have that. Sierra, I can see Sierra with that. Yeah, like where, I can't knock her like just because I was never like a Sierra person. That's what I mean when she don't do it for me. Not that she's not amazingly beautiful. Like that's undeniable. But I wasn't like, oh my God, Sierra. Like growing up, like that wasn't that wasn't me. I also didn't like Ashanti because I, I listened to one too many murder ink disses and uh <laughs> the Lloyd Banks line, the Ashante sideburns thicker than mine. That shit never leaves my head. No, because it's facts too. It's just Ashanti sideburns are crazy. Incredible. And a dude from my block in NY used to date her sister, her younger sister. Um, low key before it was cool to date thick chicks. And her younger sister, if anyone's ever seen her younger sister, was like I've always thick. Um, so my boy was dating her, like bringing her around the crib, bringing her around the hood, like. And she was <clears throat> chops, as my pops would say. And uh, he was happy as a clam to be dating her, though. She was nice people. So Ashanti would come through the block every now and then. And I was like, in person, I was like, yeah, she all right. Like, it sounds weird to be fucking Ashanti, but I was like, nah, she cool. So, yeah, there, there's difference being up close to some people. This one, you know, I'm not sure about Trina. But A. Marie still probably got it. Khalees, Khalees was an early, early crush for me. Before milkshake, <laughs> the um, I hate you so much right now. Like I love yeah. that shit. Oh, Khalees was always. I was super tight when Nas bagged her. Granted, I was like eleven. Yeah, what, were what you I doing? thought, but I just knew. Like I, I've, I think I've talked about it on the show. I have this thing about hair. Like I'm a hair guy. Like um, not like fuzziness, but like you know, like on the head. I'm very particular about hair. So like when women have like incredibly nice hair and like beautiful hair. like i'm sold um so yeah like khalees was just always like that chick for me because her hair was just impeccable and like rocking it natural with the fro sometimes or straight oh, khalees was a early crush for me so if, if you guys haven't been listening that long you learned something new about me today <laughs> and uh, uh everyone else you've been along for the ride for a while you've known this i mean i pay specifically to get my wife's hair done take her to the hairdresser tell them what i want how i like it blah 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 and they do it so and i've been like that all the time first wife as well so uh i've always been like a weird hair control freak um yeah so a little sharing about myself uh, before we go to break outside of that though um oh no wait fuck it can't go to break yet because we brought up the baby and we got to touch on that just at least real quick he lost his damn mind for out for a single rollout if that's i mean look man it seems to be i i ain't buying it right 
whether you're rolling out a single, whatever you're doing, the, the homophobia has got to stop, guys. Like, straight up. I, I don't understand. Like, you know, you perform it rolling loud, which is, va- man, they need to change rolling loud to COVID loud. COVID got the hot tag at rolling loud. Um, it went wild like Hulkamania. But the baby, you know, talks about uh, dudes uh, giving head in the parking lot and getting AIDS. There's no album rollouts is that kind of a statement there. I don't understand why to even do that. Do you understand the purpose of this? Like where, where is the connection with the rollout? I mean, I guess the video he released for the new single has like a thing, like he holds up a sign that says AIDS and he's getting like toppy in random places. Uh, not from a dude. I That's what I'm saying. So, so like, I don't, I don't understand the connection to that. Um, I don't know if like it was supposed to be like a metaphor for dudes who are like dick riders. And he was like, oh, if you like if you were sucking dick in a parking lot, metaphorically, like if you were just like dick riding in a parking lot, like. I hope you didn't catch anything. I, I can't explain it. I don't, I don't know. It makes no sense. And then the video makes no sense. Completely diminishes the song. I don't even know what the fucking song sounds like. I think I had it on mute and I just watched the video. I, I can't make any sense out of any of this. None of it. None of it makes sense to me. Because, again, why? What what did you gain from doing that? And then what made it worse is when people like T.I. and Boosie start talking about, like, being bullied. And, you know, if, if like, what, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? For, especially considering the past two years with COVID, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, shit, more than two years, obviously. But all this shit going on, and then now y'all talking about, like, gay people again? It's showing your homophobia? Like, hip-hop has a big problem with homophobia. Huge. And they can't shake it. For whatever reason, there's certain artists who just have a good time talking about gay people, and I don't get it. I just do not get it. And the baby, fuck them. <laughs> there's no excuse <laughs> for this. <laughs> to make matters worse... You know, Questlove has been very vocal about artists lately, artists doing dumb shit. And Quest, like, trashed them, rightfully so, on social media. Then the baby goes, I don't even know who you are. All right, now it's double fuck you. You don't know who Questlove is? You know, it's, it's a damn lie, first off. But to even fix your mouth to say that is ridiculous. You were on stage performing with Questlove and the Roots as the band playing your music. You don't know who Questlove is? All right, dude. All right. It's this ignorance, man. I, I can't. I can't. With the baby, can't do it. Fuck him. Fuck him. I was never a big fan anyway. It's not like I... This is what I always talk about with cancel culture, where people are like, oh, man. Now, this is an easy one for me. It's not like I, I've been listening to baby my whole life. Like, oh, this is a tough call. No, this is pretty easy for me. Fuck him. Easy. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy his song. Like, I was... So, make the comparison. Like, oh, he's a new day and age ludicrous. Like, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He makes jokey songs. He makes good party, fun music. All right, but Luda's smart enough not to do dumb shit like this. Like, this is unnecessary. He needs to fire everybody around him. No, he needs to fire himself. No, that's him. That's his fault. No, because at a certain point, you blow up. People's job around you is to take hood, hood you and make sure you don't do hood shit. Their job is to now make sure you don't fuck up the bag. And they messed up on their job. 
No, they didn't. He said this on stage. They couldn't somebody stop him from somebody doing gotta that. tackle him. Somebody got to grab the mic. But it doesn't happen. Somebody got to come come through, grab the second mic. Be like, ha, ah, just kidding, just kidding. No offense. No, look, look. Because we guess ain't what? like that. Why should somebody take the fall because he's an idiot? Because he's the moneymaker. Somebody else in the crew got to nope. take the fall. Got to no. dive on that. No, he needs to take the fall. Nobody else needs to take that fall. That, that same the moment, the exact moment, the DJ, his DJ in the booth should have said, oh, the baby, you funny. You know, we just playing people. Yo, what's next, baby? And then spin the next track. No, you're taking, you're taking the onus off of the baby. The baby needs to be fired himself for what he said. That's Nobody fair. else. He's not going to fire himself. But, somebody but, but, else needs to but, also. No, you can't. That's enabling somebody. When you blame somebody else for the baby saying what he said. I'm blaming him. I'm just saying. But, but that's what help. I'm saying. Let's just say I work for somebody and somebody says something stupid and I'm his publicist, but I don't have control over what that fool says on stage. My job is to clean it up after the fact. But in this day and age, artists have social media. They say what they want. Publicists yeah. can't necessarily stop him anymore. They can try to clean it up. They can pull him aside and be like, yo, what are you doing? But if you fire me, guess what? He's just going to do it again. Yeah. And now I'm out of a job. Now he out of job. Everybody out of job. So nobody gets fired. Nobody should get fired unless this was a like a statement that was issued that we knew the baby didn't write or something that was out of the baby's hands. Like he if it's did for the rollout, video. everybody got to go. How about I rephrase that? If it's for the rollout of this stupid ass video, and it was not pre-planned, but it was premeditated. Somebody fucked up. Yeah, somebody definitely fucked up. But the baby said it. Like, if the rollout is dumb, yes. But he, dog, you got to know better. At some point, you got to know better. And you needed to know better on this stage in Miami in front of all these people and cameras. And you said that? Dog, there's no excuse for that shit. You got to go. Yeah, you got to go. Even- Bro, but there's no such thing as cancel culture right now. So absolutely not. He'll be on three more features by next week. That is so, true. <laughs> uh, let's hit the break when we come back. Time to talk combat sports. Like I said, to open the show, not too crazy this week, but there's some heavy things we got to touch on and a great matchup in Bellator. So don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Before we get into boxing, before we talk Canelo and Plant, Dre, we have to start where I feel like, oh, it's creeping up. It's creeping up on people. The Rona has crept up on MMA and boxing. It was lurking in the background. It's homeboy Delta came through, caught the hot tag. I saw that on Twitter. So we did the, the video of Delta taking the hot tag. And came in like a prime Jason Jordan. To both, like taking both straps down. We, no lie, between MMA and boxing, lost six fights this weekend. 
three headliners. And then next week, Amanda Nunez is out of her fight defending her title. And UFC lost the co-main. And it's crazy because so many people are like, that should have been a main event because it should have been the main event. But now it's like, oh, Dana White lucked out by having an interim fight on this card. Diddy, that card sucks. Oh, it's not great. I mean, we're, we'll talk about that next week. But it, it's one of those things where Nunez was the, the shining star of that, and now that's gone. And we still have a whole, what is this, eight days for more tests to pop up and craziness to pop up. It's not looking good for combat sports right now. Oh, and that's including losing Tyson Fury not too long ago, losing Teofimo Lopez not too long ago. Um, rising star Connor Ben is one of the fights that got knocked off of this weekend's card in the UK. Connor Ben, the welterweight division, once he crosses over and starts fighting U.S. talent, we might have to put him in the same ranks as Virgil Ortiz, um, Boots Ennis. Like, Connor Ben is there. And now his fight is canceled because of it, or postponed because he caught the Rona. This shit's crazy right now, man. I don't, I don't know what to make of this anymore. Um, look, man, I'm, I'm not gonna run around and be like, you have to get vaccinated because I mean, it should be a dud at this point, right? But for those of you who want to argue, like, oh, you know, don't tell me what to do, yada yada yada. We don't know what's in it. it happened too fast. All right, man, but you still eat McDonald's fucking French fries. And you do, do like there's a bunch of shit that you were ingesting in your system. You have no idea what's in it. And then people say things like, what about the Tuskegee experiment? Clearly, you guys don't know anything about Tuskegee and how that worked. Um, they targeted a certain group of people. This would be targeting a whole country. Well, no, not even a whole country, a whole planet. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. But if you're not going to get vaccinated, stop going to these festivals with no fucking masks on. Stop training with large groups of people. Like, do some kind of isolation, right? Like. Tyson Fury got the first shot, didn't get the second. That sounds ridiculous because he didn't want to get sick. It sounds ridiculous, but with all these positive tests coming up, and it's not just boxing and MMA, Trey Turner just got traded to the Dodgers. He's out because of COVID. This is ridiculous, guys. We're heading towards another shutdown, which is tough to say because I don't think anybody wants to lose any money right now, so they're really going to push back against shutting it down until people start dying. But if that's not happening, yeah, like this is going to get real tough and fights are going to get canceled. And yeah, it's ugly. That UFC car losing Amanda Nunez, that's rough. That That is a rough show. And that probably won't be the last fight to go. Somebody else will probably test positive next week. I don't understand, guys. If you're not going to get vaccinated, stop being around people. Just yeah, stop. I mean, but and we're just keeping it a buck. Like those people wanted to get out of quarantine too. Like, Funny shit I see on social media. It's just crazy. It makes me laugh. It's like now it's being pushed as the Trump vaccine or whatever. So that like some of his followers were taken and just to boost the numbers in any way. And listen, you spend this shit however you want. You can tr- call this the fucking Muppets vaccine I, to make people feel more comfortable. I don't care what you call. But even in, in that case, like people wanted normalcy, vaccinated or not. So when you tell people they don't got to wear masks, you tell people all this stuff, it's then hard to put that back in the box because these people are waiting too, for better or worse. So I think what we see now is this, we always knew there'll be a second surge, third surge. And we, we see that, yeah, there's still a large sect of people who are still very, um, very susceptible to catching this. And it's, it's still as bad, if not even worse. 
if you catch it now. Like the shit's not dying down. It didn't get weaker. It's not like it's in a fight, you know, like uh, it doesn't have 10th round strength. Like this, this shit is strong still. So it's one of those things where people have to protect themselves. I think the numbers will go up. I think personally, I don't think anything closes because at this point, the answer is fairly simple. Like you got to get vaccinated, whether you like it or not, or whether I believe in it or not, like that's going to be the answer. Um, And certain jobs will start to require it for better or worse, if people like it or not Um, to go certain places, it might be required. I think they do that before they shut back down. They'll be like, no, we're going to have events, but you got to have your vaccination card. I mean, uh, I hope so. I just and you might be able to black market that shit. Like, but if you want to try that hard to black market a vaccination card, fuck it. At least I, the homies will move from PPPs to black market vaccination cards. Like, in the end, shit will show through. You'll just end up sick, and the homies will get money. So fuck it. But I think that might be the wave towards where it go. Like, yo, you want to travel? You gotta have this card, man. Like, you want to go into these large events and be at concerts and festivals. You gotta show your card. Like, you can't do nothing without it. So Man, that I, that'll I, be the next thing. And people complain or whatever, and then it is what it is. But dude, this, this, I, that's look, that's man, where we're headed. That's where we're headed. I just don't know. It's, this is gonna get really complicated because for some, for instance, for me, I'm supposed to start traveling starting August, which is by the time you guys listen to it, it'll be August. So for some of you, <laughs> and you know the. Uh, what do we got? The the Jake Paul Tyron Willie fight in, in Ohio, and then you know the Are you going to that. Yes. Um, oh yeah, I declined that. Yeah, no, I'm going to that shit. What are you crazy? I gotta. Go I, I'm in a wedding that weekend. It's one oh, of my yeah, really good friends from when I was young. Yeah. So. Like, I would go, but here's the thing. Now, I don't know if I'm gonna go because I don't want to go all the way out there and then the fights pulled because of COVID. Now, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> like now, I'm just in. Now I'm in Cleveland. <laughs> last place I want to be. Okay, Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, like somebody, somebody I know some of our listeners are from Cleveland, but look, man, it's not we, a vacation spot. We have me. like a good strong 15 people from Cleveland. At least. But it's not my, my not my destination for a vacation. If there's no fight happening there, I don't know what I'm doing there. But then the same thing with the Anthony Joshua Oksana Usyk fight. What if that fight gets canceled? And I'm all the way in fucking London. Like now I gotta think, like, what am I going to? Because for me, you know, traveling is cool, whatever, but I got a family. I don't want to be away from home unless I have to. And then I don't want to be around a bunch of people that can transfer this because the news came out that the Delta variant can be spread through people who are vaccinated. Like, they may not get it, but they may still carry it. Like, I don't want to carry it to somebody else. That's kind of whack. Yeah. Man, I'll, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're we're back in kind of in the spot that we were last year where the answer is I don't know right now what's about to happen. But I can see it trending in the wrong direction. Clearly trending in the wrong direction. And stop fucking coming to Vegas, you unvaccinated fucks. Stop. <laughs> God uh, damn. You're going to be the rude awakening at the GCW show. I know. <laughs> but shit. Like, y'all just keep passing it between each other. Yeah. Damn. Every, shout out to everyone in my household. We're double vaxxed up. So if pass that shit like a hot potato. None of us is catching symptoms or anything. And I feel bad for everyone else. But at this point, like, you choose what you choose, yo. This shit's like a Goosebumps or like old school, what is that, the Animorphs books where you can choose your own adventure? Like, it's that shit now. So you choose choose what you want. The ending might be drastically different depending on your choices between now and then. So, But I wish the best of health to everyone. 
Um, for those going to events, be safe, be smart. Um, plenty of pro wrestling masks. Listen, they're not a sponsor, so I just don't name drop everybody because, uh, you know, sponsorships are appreciated. But uh, luchamask.org, tons of dope wrestling, Lucha Libre masks. Yeah, like three of them. Um, Rat Pack member Danny Acosta got several. Uh, AJ and Rat Pack got a couple too. So, like, we just got dope ass masks. Like, I'm perfectly fine wearing my mask. I spent $20 a piece on this shit, and they look fly with my outfit. So if you need a reason to rock a mask, don't rock one of the whack-ass paper ones. Go get a dope one. Look fly. I get plenty of compliments on my Pentagon mask when I wear that out. So do that. Stay safe as much as you can. In boxing, the only big news to really talk about is Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant. It looked like everything was set for an undisputed fight on September 18th. That fell apart, not because of the Rona. I actually don't know why it fell apart. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've been covering it all week. Uh, I mean, I've been texting Coppinger. Uh, I've been doing a lot of shit for ESPN on it. I still couldn't tell you why it fell apart. It seemed like they gave Canelo Alvarez everything he wanted in negotiations. I I don't know. I I just I stopped asking questions because um, it seemed like everything was agreed upon. I know the one absurd ask was, if Caleb Plant were to fall out, the Canelo still gets his $40 million. To that, you know, I'm sure Heyman was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I'm not going to pay you just to fight anybody for $40 million. Um, and maybe that was a big sticking point. But aside from that, Canelo doesn't turn down fights. But he doesn't have, like, for this particular negotiation, I believe Eddie Reynoso was doing the majority of the negotiation. It wasn't Eddie Hearn. It wasn't anybody else because he was a free agent. Um, but it kind of sucks. It's a fight that I wanted to see. It was a fight that boxing fans wanted to see. It wasn't like a mainstream blockbuster type of fight. Because, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I still think if Canelo fought Triple G would on pay-per-view would do more buys than Canelo versus Plant. Because there's history there. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody outside of boxing circles knows who Caleb Plant is. And, you know, as much as I love Caleb Plant, doesn't really beat anybody for people to know so it it sucks so canelo he look i guess his team looks at it like i could fight basically anybody and i'm gonna get the same amount of fans roughly the same amount of pay-per-view buys and what do you really bring into the table and that kind of goes for everybody so whatever this snag was in negotiations it cost us a fight uh, I'm not sure what direction you go. It's July 30th as we record this. There's no deal struck. That would mean Canelo fights in what? Less than eight weeks? If he wants to fight on Mexican Independence Day. Uh, Demetri Bivol is the name that's out there, which is, again, great fight. Nobody gives a shit about Bivol. They're going to watch because of Canelo. I don't know. I guess we just got to wait for an undisputed champion. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. I don't <laughs> It may not be against Caleb Plant. Like, if we're being honest, it, it hurts Caleb Plant more because I don't see where he gets 10 mil from. No, look, he gets, what, 2 million to lose of David Benavides? <laughs> like, that's 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 what I'm wondering, right? Like, it gets real iffy. Granted, David Benavides is scheduled to fight in two weeks, so that wouldn't even sync up anyway. No, it wouldn't. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of another big fight for Caleb, who's left in that division? If it ain't Canelo's got all the belts, and if you're not fight, if you're not fighting Canelo, 
Benavidez is fighting in a couple weeks and you're kind of benched, there is no fight that's going to pay you $10 million. No fight. Nah, that's but I try to avoid. Fight. I try to avoid guys like Charlo. I try to avoid Benavidez. I mean, at 168, damn, I don't, I, maybe you can swoop in and throw Gabe Rosado some money so he doesn't fight Mugia. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> like, Mugia Rosado fight is, but how much you gonna pay Rosado to do that? It, it's, it's Anything, tough. Anything, because it's a fight he could win and it'll be action packed. Um, it, it's a tough situation if you're yeah. Caleb Plant because. Caleb's not scared to fight anybody, but he just watched $10 million walk out the door. Like in, in a fight in his head that he thinks he can win. Most of us think he's going to lose. But in his head, because Caleb's a really good boxer, he thinks he can win. And if he wins, his upside is going to be even better because moving forward, he'd be the undisputed 168-pound champion. And a fight with David Benavides at that point is a bigger fight than it, when it, what it was before. But now... You're in a position where if you're a PBC, you say, all right, we got to move on. And if we book a Caleb Plant versus Benavidez fight, it's a big fight, but we can't justify paying Caleb Plant $10 million. We, we just can't. A couple million, you and Benavidez, great fight. Caleb Plant versus Jamal Charlo, great fight. Can't justify more than a couple million dollars. It's, it's economics now because Canelo's going to get his. Whoever he fights, he's going to get paid. And it's like the Floyd Mayweather thing. And if you're fighting him, you're going to get paid. But you control nothing when it comes to negotiations. And Caleb says he gave in to everything, which I truly believe. Because what is your alternative? You going to tell Canelo no? You going to watch $10 million walk out the door? Something happened. I don't know what it is. But it leaves everybody in a tough spot except Canelo. He'll still be rich. He'll still get a big fight. He'll be fine. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can't doubt that. Now we just got to talk about who should they fight. We mentioned uh, a couple names. Bival for Canelo. That's it. It's easy if you yeah. want to keep that date. Bival yep. is the, the easiest one. Problem is, only problem from what I've seen reporting all the reports this week, all the quotes. Bival's management seems to believe that he's cutting down to 168 to challenge Canelo. Hmm. They said they need it done this week so Bavall has time to cut the weight. That was in a direct quote. And I'm looking at them, Eddie, everyone else, um, both, you know, Hearn and Reynoso have come out, spoke a little bit about this. Hearn spoke a lot about it so far. Everybody else, including Canelo's, is thinking 175. Yeah. Like, homie, I'm coming to get your belt. You don't got to yeah. cut anything extra. Yeah. So I don't even think the size might be a little, uh, a little off kilter on that. Mm. So if there's a snag, that might be the snag because they seem to think they're going to get Canelo's belt. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's wild. And the real let's let's keep it a bug. Like the reality is, Canelo doesn't have to fight on Mexican Independence Day. This happened before. Yep, he ended up fighting uh, Kovalev in November. They could push this back, and the Caleb Plant fight could be resurrected. You know, if Canelo moves off the date, they can go back to negotiating. And that might be what they have for to do that, at this point. I would just ask for a mandatory for one of the belts and just take the soft touch and then book something for December. I mean, it's possible. I like, see, you got the man got three belts. Be like, yo, I'm trying to keep all these belts. Just give me the mandatory 
and see who can be ready in six weeks. Well, the challenge the, again, the challenge is Canelo's a guy who likes competition. And if you're gonna if Canelo wants a quote unquote soft touch, he would take it in Mexico, which is what the original deal with PBC was going to be. That he, one of his fights would probably be in December, that he fight a mandatory in Mexico. Right. But if you if you change the timeline and you're doing that now, and then you have to prepare for a tougher fight in December, I don't know if he wants to do that. But who knows, man? This whole thing is up in the air and it sucks and you know, fight fans, you know, they're going to be a little disappointed. But again, you'll get over it because September's fucking loaded. Yeah. And Caleb Plant needs to fight anyone besides David Benavidez. Oh, shit, I want to see him fight David Benavidez. They have bad blood. They need to fight. Not before the Canelo fight. <laughs> I, I don't care. Don't fuck up I, don't, buddy. I don't I don't care. At a certain point, if you're not going to get the fight, you're going to have to fight the top guy. Yeah. And Benavidez is coming back for that belt. That's that's just what's going to happen. And look, we all agree. David Benavidez is the biggest threat to Canelo at 68. Oh, yeah. It's not Caleb. As much as we like Caleb, you got to be able to throw a billion punches. You got to be bigger and stronger than Canelo. That's it. Triple G gave Canelo hell because he was busy. He was strong and he could take a punch. David Benavidez checks all those boxes. Caleb Plant's going to come to box Canelo. You're not going to be Canelo in a boxing match. It just doesn't happen at all. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with both of them. Let's hit our last break. When we come back, we got to talk MMA. Great Bellator main event this weekend. UFC eh, leaves a little to be desired, but we got to talk about last weekend's TJ Dillashaw fight. So don't go anywhere. We'll wrap all of this up with MMA when we come back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are back. It's the home stretch. Time to talk MMA. And Dre, I, I see this on my phone as we're recording. The fight we want is being booked. Justin Gaethje. Michael Chandler is being booked for November. Thank you. Number one contenders fight? Yes. Absolutely. How could it not be? be? That's going to be madness. That's going to be madness. If they put that on the pay-per-view with Usman? Yeah. That's a a big fight. Shit. That's stacked. That is nice. Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Look, Chandler, yes, he lost to Charles Oliveira. And we're obviously going with Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. And And he had Oliveira hurt. He did. He did. That's why it's a number one contender fight. Because even if Chandler were to beat Gaethje, I'd be perfectly fine with Chandler fighting either of those guys. 
Poirier or Oliveira. But if Gaethje wins another fight with Dustin Poirier, yeah, I'm here for it. Gaethje versus Oliveira, I'm here for that too. You know who this leaves out? Your boy, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. And I'm who, so happy. Who would be ready by February? Nah, yeah, man. It's it's gonna take his time. And I think the USC is gonna take their time letting everything figure itself out. But I, I honest to God believe Connor gets a shot. Not um, before not not immediately. If Poirier is the champion when he comes back, he gets an immediate shot. Uh, we're not doing this again. Yeah. We're not doing this again. Listen, if we're Ga- not doing this again. We did it for 40, 40 minutes last time. Yes. Gaethje, Gaethje, Poirier. I mean, Gaethje Chandler is an excellent fight for November. But I have to talk about something. Because I tweeted this, and look, I found this common thread on my social media. Whenever I tweet about Trump, Kanye, or Colby, y'all motherfuckers in MAGA just come for me. It's crazy. Same people. Same people. Got you on alert. <laughs> yeah, they, like, they have my name, and they come after me. So the main event for the November card is Kamara Usman versus Colby Covington 2 for Usman's welterweight title. I tweeted Colby Covington. And Jorge Masvidal have had rematches booked with Usman less than two years after their first loss. Leon Edwards lost to Usman in 2015. He hasn't lost a fight since. And he still hasn't been given a rematch with Usman. Explain it. And Twitter has gone wild. I have had nearly 400 people in my comments just to talk about why Leon Edwards doesn't deserve a shot. I want to be clear about something. I'm not necessarily mad about Usman Covington because it was a good fight. It was. And the finish was excellent. The fight itself deserves a rematch. However, my issue with this is the following. Colby Covington has won one fight since he lost to Usman, which was a washed up Tyron Woodley, who's fighting Jake Paul. Yes. To me, that's not enough to get another title shot. Does this set the precedent that Jake Paul can get the next shot at Usman? I mean, shit, (laughs) I don't know. Because... Like we're going into a weekend, which we'll talk about more in depth next week, where Cyril Gain and Derek Lewis are fighting for the he- interim heavyweight title on a pay-per-view, which is and people say Usman and Covington was booked for the money. And I get what you're trying to say, but is Cyril Gain, Gain and, and Derek Lewis for the money? That's not a money fight. And it was headlining a pay-per-view over Amanda Nunez, who is the longest reigning champion in the UFC, probably one of the most dominant forces in the UFC, didn't matter necessarily who she faced. She should have been headlining. Mm-hmm. The logic does, just doesn't add up. And then people say, well, Leon Edwards, you know, he almost got stopped by Nate Diaz, and that's the reason why. Nope, that's not the reason why. Because Dana said before that fight that Kobe Covington was next in line. Before Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz fought, he said Kobe Covington was get that next title shot. It's not that. Then they said, well, who is Leon Edwards beat? Look, Leon can only fight who they keep putting in front of him. Leon Edwards being ranked as high as he is and getting booked to fight Kamaev, who is not even ranked, and then Nate Diaz, who's not even ranked, that's not Leon Edwards' fault. If it was up to Leon, he'd fight a top-five guy. But for whatever reason, the UFC is not interested in booking him with a top guy so he can get a title fight. He has a long winning streak. He... Yes, he almost got stopped by Nate Diaz, but he didn't. He dominated 24 minutes of that fight. So to say that Kobe Covington has earned the title fight and Masvidal earned the title fight is kind of weird to me. Shouldn't one of them have to fight Leon Edwards? Shouldn't Masvidal be fighting Leon Edwards? You would think. Shouldn't Kobe Covington, instead of Nate Diaz, 
shouldn't Colby Covington have had to fight Leon Edwards? Wouldn't have that made more sense to justify the title fight? A ton and, more sense. <laughs> and the other question, because people keep saying this for money, y'all really think that Colby Covington is a draw? I, I There's been no proof that Colby Covington draws views. He draws pissed off people. He draws a MAGA crowd. But I have yet to see a Colby Covington car do huge numbers by himself. This is a big fight. Don't get me wrong. The rematch is going to be great, I think. I think Usman beats him up again. Probably stops him in quicker fashion. I believe but, so. But, man, Leon, I'm, my point is that Leon's getting disrespected. And you can't blame him because they were like, well, he had a chance to fight Usman. He turned it down. Dude, it was COVID. He couldn't come into the country to train or fight. And they expect him to fight on like three weeks notice. That Why are they doing Leon Edwards like this? Then they say, well, he's boring. Then why do we even fucking have rankings? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, you know who else was boring? Kamara Usman. That was the biggest complaint against Usman when he fought Tyron Woodley. He's boring. And then he went out there, he beat Woodley. And now he's exciting. Shit happens, man. Fighters get better. Colby Covington is not the most exciting fighter either. I can't remember a thrilling fight ex- outside of the Usman fight. It's, it's really strange, man. But, you know, there's this whole, if your politics align with Dana's, kind of works out, right? With politics or no politics, Dana has faves. And he's oh. always had faves. Yes. And he ignores rankings when he wants to. When he feels like it's okay, he ignores the rankings. And in this case... He was just like, he looked at Leon Edwards for the past year because he booked him against Kamaya. Kamaya got sick. And then he booked him against Bilal Muhammad and he poked Bilal in the eye. Then he booked him with Nate Diaz. These are, these are all people who are ranked lower than Leon Edwards. I can't make sense out why Leon Edwards can't get a guy ranked higher than him. It doesn't make any sense. It's not his fault. They keep booking him with bullshit. Yeah. I, it's, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. He really is. He really is. That being said, Colby Covington and Usman, I think, is going to be a great fight. I just I just can't figure out the disrespect towards Leon Edwards. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Stop disrespecting that man. Give him a real fight. <laughs> Give him a real fight. For real. I mean, Nate, Nate Diaz. Diaz wasn't a real fight? No, it wasn't because it did nothing for him. Okay. When you if he beats like if they if he would have beat Kamaya, what would it have done for him? He's not even ranked. What does that do for him? Yeah, nothing at all. I mean, it was a step up fight for for Kamayev. Really. Exactly. Nate Diaz beats Leon Edwards. Nate Diaz is probably getting a title fight. Yeah, definitely. But Leon doesn't get anything from these lower ranked opponents. If Bilal Muhammad beat Leon Edwards, Bilal Muhammad puts himself in position for a possible title fight. No, this does nothing for Leon Edwards. He takes the fight because he's got to, because, you know, these fighters aren't rich. They got to feed their families. But these are this is whack. Nate Diaz, yeah, it sounds good, but Nate Diaz isn't that good. It did nothing for Leon. No, I I agree. Um, let's switch switch over to Bellator two sixty three, a matchup we've been waiting for since this tournament featherweight tournament started. A lot could have went wrong, but a lot finally went right for Bellator. We have Pitbull versus McKee in the main event two guys i mean patricio pitbull i'd say best featherweight in the world 
and that's yeah. easy. I mean, top five pound for pound MMA fighter in any promotion might be versus AJ McKee, who is one of listen. I I love Aaron Pico. You know, I think they're doing some other good things, but Aaron AJ McKee is the crown jewel of that run they went on recruiting every wrestler, top young guy possible. AJ McKee is the one that panned out and lived up to the hype. He is an animal. Absolutely. Big as hell for this division too. So we have them squaring off. I still don't know who's (laughs) going to win. And that's honest guy. And it's a good card underneath it too. Let me mention that as well. Like, um, Usman Nurmagomedov is on the card. A good showcase fight for him. Whenever you see one of the Habib family fighting, it's always dope. Emmanuel Sanchez is on the card, which should be a very good fight. Um, Brent Primus, who, again, watched him in Bellator several times. Brent Primus has some pretty good fights. Um, I remember just Michael Chandler really fucking up his leg. And Primus winning the belts off of that. But, you know, Chandler came back. It's Michael Chandler is Michael Chandler. And, you know, beat him for the belt. But since Primates has two wins, both by submissions after that. So he's getting back on his role. Former champion, lightweight champion there. So I, I like the other matchups on this card. It's going to be a great main card. Yeah, dude, Bellator, when Bellator tries too hard, that's when shit don't work out. When they, when they like try to be cute about where they position fighters in these tournaments and they try to book these fights and it, this shit don't work out. It never works out. This was perfect. Pitbull did what he needed to do. McKee did what he needed to do. Now you have a main event for a million dollars and the title in what I would argue is one of the most, if not the most intriguing fight of the year. Thus far, in terms of competitiveness, yes, Poirier and McGregor was big because it was Poirier and McGregor, right? Both fights. But in t- I honestly don't know who's going to win this fight. Like, I, yes, I loved Oliver and Chandler. Great fight. I didn't know who was going to win. It was a tough fight to pick. But, dude, McKee is undefeated, has been dominant, and Pitbull is, is the best fighter not in the UFC. Oh, hands down. And these two are about to clash? Him and Kayla Harrison are one-on-one with that, but he's proven a lot more. Yeah, like, I mean, Pitbull is, is he, I mean, he's beat Michael fucking Chandler, <laughs> who's right in the title picture in the UFC. And it wasn't like it was him. competitive. <laughs> no, he, he bounced his ass in the fa- first round. This fight, yes, like, again, there are great, very intriguing fights in the UFC. There are There have been wonderful main events in a fight that we just saw this past weekend with TJ Dillashaw and Corey Sanhagen. But this this fight is to me, it means so much for Bellator, but it's a, it's really truly a pick 'em fight. I have this fight can go the distance. McKee could stop Pitbull in the first round. Pitbull could stop McKee in the first round. It could be a fight of the year. I have no fucking clue how this fight's gonna go, and that's why I love it. I'm taking McKee to win this. They don't know how. That I mean, listen, it's too hard to get into specifics because I like the young up and comer stamping you know, his his name on on the brand becoming the guy, much like John Jones did when he was young, came in, just took everything by storm. But I have to steal one of your favorite lines. I'm scared, 
Because there's one thing we don't know about AJ McKee. Oh, what happens if he gets hit in the mouth one good time? Can he take a punch? <laughs> like I, I don't know. I know everything I need to know about Pitbull. Yeah. And it's going to be hard as hell to beat him, let alone finish him. So I, I don't know about McKee. But, I mean, listen, I've seen him. Pitbull is a different Pitbull. It's a long time ago. He got stopped by Benson Henderson, mainly because his leg gave out. Daniel Strauss, who was an animal pressure fighter, beat him. He originally lost his title shot back in the day. This has to be like damn near a decade ago to Pat Curran in a competitive fight, pressure fighter. He has lost some close fights to guys who pressure him. That's not to say that he hasn't fought pressure fighter since. He choked out Strauss in their rematch. I mean, he, like we talked about, ran through Michael Chandler, Juan Archuleta, pressure guy, beat him over five rounds. So it's one of those where it's like, man, to beat him, you really got to be in his face, 25 minutes, throwing hands, no fear. And that's a dangerous way to live against this version of Pitbull. Dog, I don't know. I'm going to pick McKee for this one single reason. Because if McKee wins, it opens the division back up again. Now you got a line of contenders who can fight him. You may have even have a rematch with Pitbull. If Pitbull wins, I don't know who the fuck he fights. Like, he's he's beat everybody. He just won the Grand Prix tournament as the champ. I, I, I honestly have no idea if Pitbull wins. I guess our next week's show will be where does he rank in MMA pound for pound, period. If he, if he dusts McKee, we got to have that conversation. But if McKee wins... McKee makes things so much more interesting because, yes, Pitbull's been, been in Bellator for a long time. He's their best fighter. He's their long, one of their longest tenured fighters. He's pretty much done it all. If McKee wins and dusts him up, it is what you kind of mentioned with, like, John Jones. It's like, oh, shit. They have their, they have their guy. He's undefeated. He's charismatic. He, and he can fucking fight. Like Bellator will now have their guy they can hitch their wagon to. They tried it with MVP, didn't work. They've tried it with Chandler, he's gone. You know, then they brought in guys like, you know, you have Musasi, yeah, that's great. Um, you have Ryan Bader, he got dusted up in the light heavyweight thing. But you have a guy that is yours that people have been able to witness from the bottom up, come, strictly come up. You try to Aaron Pico, it's going to take him a little while. But McKee, that's the guy. If he beats Pit- Pitbull, it opens up so much shit. And I, I guarantee you that there'll be so many MMA outlets and shows talking about McKee. I'm like, well, shit. You see the best featherweight in the world now? Probably. Volkanovski and Ortega and Max Holloway. Yeah, that's great. Without this, this dude, McKee, savage. Fucking savage. So I'm going to pick McKee. I don't know if he can outstrike Pitbull, but then I don't even know if he can choke him out. Pitbull's underrated when it comes to his BJJ. <laughs> Dog, I don't know. This is a toss-up. I'm just picking McKee because I want to see chaos. Word. <laughs> that's that's my only reasoning for picking that fight as well. And then with the UFC, I mean, we've we've had two cards. Last week's card wasn't bad, right? But it's one of those where it's like, dude, I really care. Like Macy Barber got a decision. Probably she didn't deserve. Probably. 
Probably. I mean, it's still a two-to-one fight. It's not like she should have got skunked on the cards. No, not They skunked. gave her the wrong one. Yeah, they gave her the wrong scorecard. I mean, you know, and then she shouted out, basically did her Kanan speech, speech after that. You know, save the kids. What the fuck? Who, yeah. What is going on here? So, uh, no, she shouldn't have. But I will not say that fight. That card was a really good card. The, there were the last week's UFC card, the uh, the Yanez Costa fight was really good. The Piva Phillips fight was really good. Darren Elkins, I don't know how this man keeps coming the back. Damage the guy who took an ass over in the first round, bleeding, came back out. This fucking guy comes back from the dead all the time and to make it a fight. Um, I'm a mob beating Heinzich the way he did. That dude looks like a problem in middleweight. Uh, oh, yeah, they they have. This was a good card to showcase some talent. And the main event was exceptional. Oh, but you then you talk Mickey Gall, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Mickey the Gall. Bounce the back fight. Good for him. This weekend's card, like Uriah Hall, I don't care. Nobody's watching this shit. This is the one week that the UFC is like, we're just going to take the L. <laughs> Which nobody's oh, yeah. watching this shit. I mean, and again, they lost like three fights due to the Rona. Yeah. Well, not even, not, not even that. They lost uh, Nico Montano. To weight cutting issues, and here's here's something that's fun about this: Nico Montano is off the card because of weight cutting issues, right? Mm-hmm. Next week, a documentary is going to be released starring Nico Montano, and guess what it's about? The weight cutting. Wait, <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Talk like, about irony in a positive light. I don't know, but one of my boys used to do videos for. Uh, Greg Jackson, uh, he's done like MMA documentaries. He hit me up. He was like, yeah, we're doing a screening in Vegas uh, with Nico Montano. You know, it's about weight cutting. And he hit me like earlier this week. And he was like, can you come through? And I was like, I don't know, because I don't leave the house. And then I saw Montano didn't make weight. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all still going to release this shit? (laughs) The money's been spent. (laughs) But that is, that's wild. A documentary on weight cutting and you don't make weight incredible maybe it's part of the documentary who knows yeah maybe listen it could be like the baby could be part of a release plan it's part of the rollout hey miss weight by seven pounds <laughs> build some buzz for this um now if you want to start there uriah hall versus sean strickland i mean i don't fuck i hate picking uriah hall fights <laughs> we we did some like stack quota on uh ring or not on ringside on espn mma today where he is now tied for the most finishes or knockouts, the most knockouts in UFC middleweight history. So? And I would have never guessed. Because what do you do? Are you counting the Chris Weidman one? Yeah, two are like just injuries. Yes, come on. That people were folding. So, yeah, like he is now tied with like Anderson Silva. All right. Which he stopped Anderson Silva. So congrats in that fight as well. But, yeah, I don't – man, I just don't know who he is, what he is. Like, I'm past the hype train. He's lost once in, like, the past five years, too. So, I guess I should be higher. Past four years, he's lost once. And that was to Paulo Costa. So, I I don't know what he is. I'll have him winning, but I'm not invested, like you said. Sure. I don't give a shit. This, this card kind of sucks. It's not what, like, why are we talking about this card and not talking about Dillashaw versus Sanhagen? I mean, we just had to get out of the way. We can't just ignore it. All right, we had all to right, get out of the way. But switching back over, because we did talk about Elkins and everyone else on this card, 
uh, the main event from last weekend was TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen in a battle. I mean, listen, Sanhagen had the fight early rounds one and two, I think clearly for him. Then Dillashaw starts finding his footing and Sanhagen, even in those early rounds, one, two, and three, he's doing a lot of spinny shit. He's yes. doing a lot of unnecessary movements, trying to, you know, do a switch knee, you know, spinning against the cage. Dillashaw takes him down because of it. Little things where you're like, yo, Dillashaw might be stealing around or gaining momentum. And lo and behold, he did. Dillashaw suffered a nasty cut early in the fight, battled through that like it was nothing. So when it went to distance, 25 minutes, you looked up, you'd be like, yo, Sanhagen won this fight. I think. And then as they're going through, waiting for the judges, you're starting counting rounds on your fingers. Like, wait, one is Sanhagen, two is San. Well, wait, but he got taken down in round two because he did some stupid shit. So do you count that as ground control? Okay, three, three got to be Sanhagen. Wait, but damn, he let Dillashaw piece him up a little towards the end when he got caught against the cage on some Muay Thai shit. So I don't know. So you start going through your head and four is like, cool, that's clearly TJ Dillashaw. And then you kind of get to the point where you're like, you know what, three, two, Sanhagen. Then the judges come back. Nope, three, two, TJ Dillashaw. Sanhagen's like, oh, what the fuck just happened? I don't got a scratch on me. But you lost the fight, my man. And TJ Dillashaw is bloody. Uh, Actually, they stopped the cut pretty well. Uh, But he, you know, he split open. Mouth is a little crazy, but he's out there celebrating. And... He got stronger throughout the fight. Sanhagen looked like he coasted. And now Dillashaw is primed maybe for, I don't know, maybe for the winner of the title fight. That's probably rebooked. I think it's rebooked for December or November. Yeah. Um, so Dillashaw might just wait and get the next title sh- shot off of a fight he could have easily lost. Dude, one, props to TJ Dillashaw because being gone for this long, suffering that cut, Getting your knee popped by a knee bar attempt, he could have packed it in and just said, fuck it, I'm just going to take this L. Like, no, nobody, like, accepts it. But at, at a certain point, you kind of accept defeat. Like, between the cut, I can't see. I'm behind. My knee hurts. But he sucked it up and fought his ass off. Um, I will say I felt like Sanhagen gave this fight away because the spinning shit was a problem. Now, look, I'm not mad at him for necessarily doing it because it's part of who he is. However... You get to a point deep in the fight where, you know, you realize Dillashaw is not going anywhere. Like you thought you had him and then you wanted to get a flashy knockout. You couldn't do it. But now you're just kind of giving up your back and you're allowing Dillashaw to close the distance. And, you you know, that sharp jab that you you had earlier is not really working. On top of that, Dillashaw has fought plenty of five round fights. Corey Sanhagen has never fought a five round fight. He's never gone the distance. So you have to save that energy because clearly TJ's not going anywhere. I feel sorry, though, for whoever Corey Sanhagen fights next because I think he's going to fuck them up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just the way he fought this fight, knowing I know they're going back and looking at this tape and they're going, we gave this fight away. Dillashaw, much credit to him. He won the fight. But Sanhagen kind of could have had this in the bag and he kind of tricked it off. And I don't think he'll ever make that mistake again. And whoever he fights next is going to give him hell. Other things that I noticed there early in the fight, Dillashaw was kind of ducking his head. And I said on Twitter, I was like, he's going to eat a flying knee. And sure enough, Sanhagen spotted it, cracked it with a flying knee. Dillashaw's still there. Ate it. Hey, man. Dillashaw definitely deserves the next title fight. 
I, there's no question to me. Between Pettigan and Aljo, it's TJ Dillashaw. Who else should get that fight? I can't say anyone else deserves it. Um, I would like, for just entertainment's sake, to see him take another fight. But the rankings, I, I don't know who is deserving of that fight, if that makes sense. No, nobody deserves that. No, Nobody. Because, that one, that cut's got to heal. So yeah, we got to take does. time off for that. Yeah. And, two, it's like, yo, he was he was the guy. So he deserves that title opportunity. Sanhagen, I don't know who he fights next. I mean, but give me Dillashaw Garbrandt again. Nah, no thanks. Without the looming specter of cheating and roids and shit. Nah, I don't need to see that fight right now. And it's clear that, you know, Garbrandt has talked about, you know, he still talks about going down the flyway. Like, I don't know what he's doing. Um, but nah, man, Dillashaw, I think Dillashaw should just get that next fight, the next title opportunity, because it's a, between healing the cut between Jan and Sterling fighting in November, the timeline will at, end up syncing up properly. Because if Dillashaw were to take a fight, it'd probably be two months out of whoever the winner of Yan and Sterling would end up fighting. So you might as well just wait those extra couple months, get your title fight. And Sanhagen just got to work your way back up. He'll get a title opportunity. Sanhagen's a scary dude. Oh, yeah. He ain't going nowhere at all. These, this is still early for him. Very like you said, so. he's learning. Yep. This wasn't one of those losses where you're like, man, this guy, you know, he's not going to be a contender again. This is it for him. Like, nah, this is one of those like, oh, okay. Nah, this is a learning experience. Big he's going to be back. He's going to be stronger. So, no, that's the UFC in a nutshell. We'll see if this weekend is better than we think it's going to be. And there's a lot of stuff happening throughout the week. We get some boxing on Tuesday before the verses. We'll talk about the verses leading off our next show on Sunday when we recap um, pro wrestling. So hopefully some stuff goes down, <laughs> pro wrestling between now and then. But we're building back up, people. We're starting to get some traction. Once we hit the middle of August, we are taking off because AW has a new show that's debuting. They have a, another named weekly show, August 20th. Um, in Chicago, which tickets are selling fast because they teased a certain name. So that could be huge. And then we go same that same weekend as SummerSlam. So we go right into that, which is also the same weekend, as you guys know, as Pacquiao Spence. So everything takes off at the same time. It's going to get very interesting, very exciting. So buckle up. We've had a nice little rest for the month of July. But this is where we start to go crazy and pick everything up in August. I can't wait. In the meantime, though, follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hell on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network. Shout out to all of the sponsors. We appreciate all of you. Stay safe. Stay Rona free. Can't wait to see you guys at events safely masked up so we can chill. Till then, though, we're out. Peace.